0: From the Hill Country, in Texas, broadcasting worldwide, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant good morning to you. This is Patrick Timpone, and uh, OneRadioNetwork.com is where you found yourself. We are streaming live here on One Radio Network, and we also do the audio, in case you uh, can't stand the sight of me any longer, and I don't blame you, because I look in the mirror and I say, what are you doing? Uh, We're going to have fun today. Uh, You're going to meet William Davis, a nice man. He's up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, with all the cheese heads. I wonder if the cheese is good for the gut. He's got a new book called Super Gut, Super Gut, and uh, he he did the wheat belly thing years ago, and we talked to him. Cool guy, and uh, you'll meet him, and our fate would have it, our 800 lines are out, because out in the country, every now and then... uh, Well, don't even get me started with the telephones out here. So uh, the 800 line is not working this morning, but you can email Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. After we speak with a good doctor, I will be on with you and me together alone. And you know what happens when I do that. I always get in trouble. But we're going to talk about things like, are memories stored someplace or are they just going on now? I believe that every ache, pain, discomfort is a healing phenomena. Maybe, um, hmm, <laughs> maybe our karma here is to help others to get into our reality of awakeness and our health and this whole life thing with the injections, rather than separating ourselves from them. I've been thinking about that. So these are some of the things we're going to talk about this morning. After we visit with uh, Dr. Um, uh, William Davis. Let me pull up his little bio here if I can get my mouse to work. As I said, he he did the Wheat Belly book uh, years ago and really was a big game changer uh, bringing out the ideas of this wheat that God knows what they did with it. And uh, uh, His new book is called Super Gut and it's all about this ancient bacteria that my Uncle Tony used to have in... Um, in Sicily, and I want to figure out how he got that and see if I can pass that down to me, but he's got a lot of research, he connects to Dutz, he's a cool guy, and I think you're going to enjoy talking to him, and if I can pull him up here, I'm just, uh, hold on a second, and uh, let's see, well, there he is, but let's do me and him together. Good morning, Doc, how are you? Nice to have you on the show.
1: Morning, Patrick, thanks for the invitation to come back.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, you're looking good, I don't know whatever, whatever you're doing, I mean, come on, tell us about what you're eating these days, I mean, you look great. (laughs) well you opened the door of the super
1: gut conversation but one of the things we're doing patrick well it's based on two fundamental facts one is that as modern people we have thrown a nuclear bomb into (laughs) our gi tracks and decimated the microbes this is a phenomenon largely unique to the last 50 or so years Uh but we've changed we've killed off numerous health not all species of bacteria important to us but there are some that are very important and when we restore them spectacular things happen the other part of this conversation is that in place the microbes the important microbes we've lost is proliferation of what are essentially stool microbes but they didn't stay they weren't happy to stay in the colon they climbed up into the ileum, jejunum, duodenum, and stomach such that many, many, many modern people now have 30 feet of stool microbes and other unhealthy microbes in their GI tract. And when they die, when these microbes die, they don't last 70-some years like we do. They, they live only hours.
0: So, so, they die, so, what we're talking about is these guys that creep up there, this whole SIBO thing, Doc, this small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, what, what, mm-hmm. makes, them, what makes them go up there? Why do they go up there?
1: It's not entirely clear what happens, uh, but it's probably a <laughs> variety of things. It's probably from loss of those important species. You know, huh. they, they, they're supposed to police themselves. You know, that is, um, it's like social media. If somebody says something completely inappropriate, <laughs> other people say, hey, don't say that, Patrick. Right. Oh, right, right.
0: Don't, say that. don't say that. They do that <laughs> all the that time, Doc. time. <laughs> Doc. I'm in jail quite a bit on Facebook, 30 days at a time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Same principle applies to microbes. If there's a <clears throat> a bad microbe, the good guys keep them suppressed. But what happens when ah. you lose the good guys?
0: Yeah. Okay. The bad guys so party. is it more than just this thing that we've known, Doctor Davis, for a long time? Of uh, uh, um, what are they called? I, I don't even know what they call them. The antibiotics. It's it's more than that, isn't it? Yeah, antibiotics,
1: you're right, play a big role. By age 40, most of us have taken 30 courses of antibiotics. It's astounding. There's antibiotic residues in food, of course, especially meats. There's uh, herbicide and pesticide residues in our produce and in meats. There's glyphosate, the uh, ingredient in Roundup that is an herbicide, of course, but it's also a very potent antibiotic. There's chlorinated drinking water that changes the microbiome. There's Whoa. stomach acid blocking drugs like Prillosecond Protonics, non anti inflammatory drugs like <laughs> naproxen and ibuprofen, Man. statin cholesterol drugs, synthetic uh, sweeteners like aspartame, emulsifying agents in your peanut butter, uh, salad dressings, and ice cream. In other words, Patrick, we yeah. swim in a sea of things that have disrupted the human microbiome and now we're paying the price for it in the t- deterioration of health including by the way <clears throat> obesity and type 2 diabetes as well as autoimmune diseases, neurodegenerative diseases skin rashes on and on and on but it, the, the, that's the bad news the good news is if you understand this yeah and by the way it's only recent research that tells us <clears throat> that that process you 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 pointed out SIBO small intestinal right. bacterial overgrowth that I think afflicts easily, conservatively estimated, one in three Americans. Wow. Over 100 million people, I think, have this condition. Now we have, by the way, a consumer device to prove that. Okay. Well, uh, let me slow this, you down a minute. I got a of lot of questions here. Of microbes.
0: So, yeah. Oops, I might have lost you. No, no. Hello. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah You did. Hold on a second. there. Yeah. Hold on. There, there you go. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> let's slow down a little bit because a lot of questions here. You, you're pretty fast talker. You're not a car salesman in the past life, are you? Just, just kidding. Okay, so only
1: on Sunday. <laughs> that's
0: right. So, um, hmm, uh, all of these things you mentioned, which was very eloquent, I had no idea that all the things that modern American folks do, not just the antibiotics, they cream these. You call them ancient microbes, Doctor uh, Davis. The, the right. So these oh, are still, some of them are. Some of these things that maybe we've passed down for generations, lifetimes, great, 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 grandma, all this?
1: Yeah. Well, one of my favorite microbes to talk about is one called Lactobacillus reuteri. After the German discoverer, Dr. Gerhard Reuter, R-E-U-T-E-R. Well, you know, if we looked at the microbiomes of indigenous hunter-gatherer populations, that is, people who eat off the earth, they kill animals, they dig in the dirt for roots and tubers, gather berries, but have never taken antibiotics or modern drugs. They all had that microbe. If we look at the dogs, chipmunks, squirrels, raccoons, they all have lactobacillus roteri. 96% of us, modern people, have lost it, likely due to all those things we mentioned. Now, the great thing is, so this has been present in human history for a long, long time, and we lose it but when we restore it really cool stuff happens ah, i'm a chronic I'm, I'm a chronic insomniac i typically sleep four hours a night and i'm crabby all day the next day <laughs> i now
0: sleep nine hours straight through vivid dreams okay when i first worked, really wow so 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 you probably went online and bought something called like so, so, rotary and you solve your problem a magic bullet i'm just kidding
1: <laughs> well I, i'm i'm gonna be five soon and i i hate going to the gym patrick i can't stand it so i go uh pre-pandemic i was going to the gym 15 right. minutes once a week mm-hmm. to use the machines yeah doing that when i first added rotari, i gained 13 pounds in muscle and my strength proof.
0: And, and how do we lose muscle yeah, age sure. and it comes back how, how did you how do you establish that the rotor i've taken a lot of very good probiotics ostensibly but how do I know that I got this Rotary in there? I mean, do common probiotics or just really good probiotics? Like we, we sell a good product It's Living Streams, but I don't know if it's got this Rotary in there. How do you know if you got it in there?
1: It should be listed on, oh. on the ingredients. The other problem here is there's two things. Okay. One, a lot of bacterial effects can be strain-specific. That is. So, my favorite example is E. coli. So, you have E. coli, your listeners have E. coli, I have E. coli. But if you ate lettuce contaminated by cow manure with E. coli, you can die yeah. of E. coli. Yeah. Yeah. Same species, different strains. So, so, we have to be mindful of strains. We don't know if all rotary strains do this. We do have a small animal uh, experimental mo- uh, trial coming up to see how widespread this is among rotary strains. Uh-huh. In the meantime, I specify which strains people should use, so we we know we get all these wonderful effects.
0: Right. I know now, I'm going to get emails now. Excuse me. I know I'm going to get emails, and trust me, I know my listeners. They're going to want to know where they can purchase some kind of a product to get this rotarize. Uh, do you know of any?
1: Sure. The, the starting microbe is a price a commercial product you can buy. It. Okay. It's from a company. BioGaia, B-I-O-G-A-I-A. They're Swedish. Okay. And they have a product called Gastrus, G-A-S-T-R-U-S. Okay. Now, the problem with that product, though, it's made for (laughs)
0: infants. Yeah. (laughs)
1: It's It's made for kids who weigh 10 pounds or 20 pounds. So the microbial counts are very low. 100 million of each strength. It sounds like a lot, but in microbes, it's nothing. So I did something crazy. I made yogurt not the kind of yogurt not the garbage you buy in the store that's garbage because what they do one thing to understand when you you start playing with microbes is you know there's no mommy and daddy microbes right there's no sexual reproduction they have what's called asexual reproduction one microbe doubles itself become two two becomes four etc well roiderite this microbe we're talking about doubles every three hours well, in commercial yogurt making, like the stuff you got at the grocery store, they ferment for four hours. So you've got almost nothing in the way of microbes in commercial yogurt. People sometimes make yogurt in their kitchen, and they often ferment for 12 hours before doublings. You still got almost nothing. All right. So we fermented for 36 hours, which allows 12 doublings. And we did p- perform what's called flow cytometry. That's a way to count microbes. Yeah. In the last count, mm-hmm. we did 262 billion. Whoa. Counts filling with a B that's per half it. cup serving. So in other words, we took, we increased the number of microbes from the commercial a thousand fold. Yes. And that's part of the reason why I believe we get these big, big, big effects and why most probiotics have low counts. So we got to amplify the, count. by the way, you can take your probiotic, you
0: can ferment it just like this. It sure. Sure. 36. Yeah. Just put them in a uh, uh, raw milk, right? Or raw goat's milk or cow's milk. Let it sit on the counter and make babies.
1: <laughs> well, no. the, the temperature you ferment at may vary from different species. So a typical commercial probiotic can be fermented at about 106 degrees Fahrenheit. And we go for that 36 hours because of those big counts. We did go longer. And if you ferment longer than 36 hours, you don't get any further increases because you get too many microbes dying. And competing for the resources in that in your in your yogurt, so thirty six hours seems to be kind of the magic number right. for getting maximum benefit.
0: So, so tell us your formula. What you did with this uh, pro-Gaia thing and the rotary Did you use like raw cows or goats milk, and what temperature?
1: We actually use pasteurized because when you ferment, oh. if there's. E- little bit of contamination by listeria or staphylococcus aureus; those are two contaminants from cows' udders. In other words, when you ferment, what you're doing is increasing bacterial numbers. If there happens to be a little bit of listeria or staphylococcus aureus, it can kill you, <laughs> literally, especially children. So it's one of the. While raw milk is no question has has factors that are beneficial for humans much more so sure. than pasteurized. When you're going to ferment, you don't want to ferment the listeria or the Staphylococcus aureus. So we just use organic. I use organic half and half. You know, part of sure. my thing sure. is yeah. we reject this notion of having to cut fat, saturated fat. That's no. nonsense. Well, there never was that. Yeah. Yet we have an American Heart Association who still sticks by that ridiculous price, <laughs> as does the USA and yeah. other agencies.
0: Okay, so that's pretty cool. So what you've been doing is uh, getting this pro gaia from uh, the product called Gastrus, and then making your own rotary in in milk
1: the ladies love it patrick because one of the effects so what we're doing actually is restoring a microbe that boosts the release of oxytocin the oh hormone oxytocin. yeah baby yeah right oh yeah.
0: mm.
1: so then you know oxytocin is the hormone of love and empathy hey baby <laughs> and we've lost that microbe look at our culture
0: so, you think love and empathy is, <laughs> is gone <laughs>
1: So people consume the yogurt, Patrick. They say, I, "I like my spouse better. I understand oh. his or her point of view. I like my coworkers better. I like my family better. I'm not so angry at strangers anymore. I'm not mad in
0: traffic Come on crowds." Now. No, I, I, you know, I, I believe you because I'm crazy. But you know, I, I <laughs> and I, but I want you to walk us through that how that's even possible. Before that, let's finish up because I get so many emails if I don't really ask the right questions. It's 36 hours and you do at 106 degrees, right, is what you're doing, correct?
1: For this, we ferment at human body temperature. Oh, okay. So around 100 degrees, 97 to 100 degrees Fahrenheit for 36 hours. Now, people, <clears throat> the easiest thing to do, Patrick, is my wheat belly blog. Yeah. I made the mistake, Patrick, of naming blogs and social media <laughs> after book and it got to be ridiculous so literally in a few days we're shifting everything over towards a new website called dr dave's infinite Health.com. okay that's going to happen probably next week literally but in the meantime my week belly blog has a post called making l roteri yogurt a step-by-step guide
0: okay and so, your, cool your now
1: it's now, very
0: i'm pretty excited already but before we move on is is this L. rotari It's all. It's. I mean, you. You got more of that in your sleep. You doubled your sleep. I yeah. I sleep deeper,
1: uh, more vivid dreams. Uh, and by the way, <laughs> I was I, I, every week I do this talk with uh, a lot of my audience, about seventy to hundred people via two way Zoom. Sure. Mm-hmm. And you'd be surprised how many people report the r- return. I'm talking. These are people our age group. A return of dreams of love and erotic content.
0: Why <laughs> <laughs> our favorite kind, Doc? Uh, we're talking that's, with Dr. William Davis. His new book. Uh, this is great stuff. His new book is called. Uh, uh, where, where is it? <laughs> I didn't gut. Oh, Happy Gut. What? What? What's? Super I'm gut. sorry. I, I lost the Super Gut. Right. I lost the. Uh, I lost the uh, the slide Super Gut. Pretty cool. So all of this, do you do the whole El Rotary and go through this in your book?
1: Yes. It's like I think of this, Patrick, like a menu at a restaurant. Uh You walk into a restaurant, the waitress hands you a menu, you don't freak out and say, I can't possibly order all these appetizers main and desserts, right? You pick and choose the dishes you want. The same thing here. If you want smoother skin, by the way, Mm -hmm. with less wrinkles. Make the rotary yogurt or more muscle or deeper sleep if you want to shrink your waist even without changing diet or exercise ferment this microbe if you want reduced knee pain from arthritis ferment that microbe if you want if you have a child a grandchild who is very young like months old and you want that child to be healthier grow faster uh, be taller be, have a larger brain <laughs> literally larger brain have a higher IQ And have less tendency to have asthma and autoimmune diseases and also sleep through the night and cut down a number of bowel movements thereby diaper change by 50 percent ferment this microbe so people can choose pick and choose the microbe they want for the effect they want one of the things that bothers me when i was uh, when i talked to people about the microbiome is most people don't understand that you don't have to just accept the status quo or just take a, a probiotic and be done with. There's so much more you can do in a very targeted way.
0: Right. Um, I'll, I'll have to look into the, the ones that we promote, Living Streams. Uh, the fellow's not with us anymore. He, he went on to the great beyond uh, who created them. Really, they, but I, you, I guess we'd have to look at the bottle and look at all the specific microbes that they have, correct?
1: Yeah, but when you're getting, you'll you'll find that when you want a specific effect, yeah, it's best obtained as a single microbe. Oh, so that that way you and I can uh, increase the numbers by some method of fermentation. It doesn't have to be dairy, by the way. It could be coconut milk, canned coconut milk. Sure. It could sure. be I fermented hummus, salsa, <laughs> apple cider, really? uh, cranberry juice. Uh, By the way, one of the things your audience might get a kick out of is uh, Saccharomyces boulardii cider. It's so darn easy to make.
0: (laughs) Really? I mean, God, that sounds great to have that thing. Uh, uh, Doc, uh, so one could go out after they get your book and look at all these different uh, uh, microbes. You can actually buy these things separately somewhere in a powder?
1: Yeah. The Saccharomyces boulardii, for instance, to make cider. You can buy as a commercial product in the u.s it's called flora and you just the magic of this you buy it by the uh package it's like i think 16 bucks something like that take a capsule empty it into your cider Mm -hmm. cap it lightly because it's Mm going to produce a ton of carbon dioxide you can ferment at room temperature and you'll see within 24 hours bubbles come up like crazy so you can't cap it tightly because it'll explode give it 48 hours or so and you have what essentially is unsweetened because the microbes consume the sugar for you because humans should not be consuming sugar but you have unsweetened cider that's effervescent and it tastes like apple soda well but it provides all these health benefits because of that microbe saccharomyces boulardii which is a fungus that's specially adapted to the human gi tract and it fights off other uh pathogens it fights off yeasts like candida albicans it helps children grow and develop better it, you can take it when you're traveling it stops travelers diarrhea i mean numerous wonderful benefits of just this crazy little cider so you and then when you make so the cider make another batch of cider from a little bit of the previous batch you don't have to buy the probiotic over and over and over
0: you're really making an argument i hear that the only reason we have one of the main reasons we have such terrible health numbers in this country right some of the worst in the world is because we've smashed all these ancient kind of microbes and all this stuff is all connected and we know that right and is this what we talk about when people say the immune system is in the gut and all that is this is pretty much what they're talking about
1: yeah yeah when you lose some of these important microbes like lactobacillus ryori mm-hmm. or lactobacillus KCI or bacillus coagulants, you have a marked reduction in your immune response. Wow. So it's part of the reason why modern people are getting so sick with so many illnesses. But another part of the qu- equation, Patrick, is the problem you pointed out earlier, SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So 30 feet of microbes, unhealthy stool microbes to a large degree. Now, when they live and die, they live for a few hours. They release some of their breakdown products into the bloodstream. And this was a revolutionary discovery by a Danish group just a few years ago. It's called endotoxemia. But it now makes it crystal clear how microbes in the GI tract can be experienced as rosacea or psoriasis Uh, on the skin mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. as depression or panic attacks, or Alzheimer's dementia, or Lou Gehrig's disease, or Parkinsonism in the brain, or as joint pain and swelling in rheumatoid arthritis and fibromyalgia. In other words, I think it's not a stretch to say that all human disease has to be redefined, reconsidered, in light of the contribution of the intestinal microbiome.
0: Right. Well, we have a lot to talk about this morning. We're going to get to a lot of things with uh, uh, Dr. Uh, William Davis, MD. His book is called super gut and uh, again the 800 number is uh, having a bad hair day unlike me I always have a bad hair day so you can just email Patrick at one radio network.com. Uh, I knew this question was coming up because our listeners are you know they're, they're on it Marianne says well why don't we just get all of these microbes and do it all in one and then we have them all
1: because there's no such preparation it's coming as commercial probiotics get better that is they tell us the strain they're using so that we know whether it's an effective strain or not Mm -hmm. when they increase the numbers not to 2 billion or 5 billion but to hundreds of billions like in our yogurt and we don't know all the a lot of these microbes cannot be obtained easily there's something called for instance a very important microbe called fecalibacterium prosnitzii terrible oh, names Patrick, easy for
0: you to say brother i tell you what <laughs> <laughs> but, but you
1: can't get it as a probiotic there are ways to restore it but you can't get it from, so it's not quite as easy as just take i, I know americans like that got yeah. a problem take a pill yeah, it doesn't yeah, work fantastic. that way in microbiome yeah. either
0: so um does your book get into all of this all of the ins and outs of how to make these things
1: yeah including something i think that could prove revolutionary hmm. we, we need better evidence but one of the so when people have this problem of SIBO, 30 feet of you know you go to the doctor by the way and the doctor says i have no idea what the hell you're talking about did you consult <laughs> dr google come on you're fine what are you crazy i'll send you to a, a <laughs> gastroenterologist gastroenterologist patrick we need an upper endoscopy and a colonoscopy oh yeah yeah you yeah. go through that yeah. hassle and he says, good news, Patrick. You don't have stomach ulcer. You don't have stomach cancer. You don't have colon cancer. Goodbye. Goodbye. You say, wait a minute. Well, I came here with a question about SIBO. Even the gastroenterologist nine times out of 10 says, there's nothing wrong with you. I didn't see it in the scope. Uh, get out of my office. Don't waste my time, etc." So the doctors, as often happens, have abdicated their responsibility to keep up with the science and deliver effective, actionable solutions to you. And so that's why... I tell people how to do it on their own. And by the way, there's a new device. I have no reason to tell people this. It's a very cool device called the Air Device A I R E. Comes from a company called Food Marble in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this detects hydrogen gas in the breath. Microbes produce hydrogen gas. Humans do not. So you can use this device. It's very elegant. Little tiny device talks to your smartphone, and it registers how much <laughs> hydrogen
0: gas you're producing. It talks you to your phone, right? It's my favorite, <laughs> doctor. <wonder. laughs> Can you do it with, what if I have a dumb phone? Do I need, could I use it? No. No. <laughs> but you
1: don't need to buy the device. So I don't want people to hear okay. you have to buy a device to do this. It's just one of the options. In many people, the telltale signs of this proliferated uh, microbes, the SIBO issue, the signs are so clear cut that you can just proceed with doing something about it. And by the way, so you go to the doctor, he often doesn't know what to do or at best hands you a prescription for an antibiotic like rifaximin. Uh, a lot of naturopaths and chiropractors and functional medicine docs will use herbal antibiotics, but there's only two regimens that have any kind of proven published efficacy. And we were doing that, but then I did something very different. Hmm. I asked this question. If a probiotic does not eradicate SIBO, no surprise, it wasn't created for that purpose, right? What if we created a probiotic mix with effects that we think could be effective against SIBO, such as choose microbes that colonize the upper GI tract where SIBO occurs mm-hmm. and are known to produce bacteriocins. These are natural antibiotics that bacteria produce, effective against the species of SIBO, like E. coli. So we made a yogurt with three microbes the roteri, a strain of gasseri, and a strain of what's called Bacillus coagulans. Made yogurt just as we did before, 36 hours. People are eating the yogurt now. Of 30 people who've done this, 90% have normalized their breath hydrogen gas and Will. gotten rid of Will. such things as rosacea, high blood sugars, high blood pressures, et cetera. So we need to do that more formally, publish evidence that this works. But so far, what I'm calling SIBO yogurt has been working. And
0: it's a stinking yogurt, Patrick. It tastes great with blueberries and chia seeds. Right, so where where do we get these little microbes to make our own? How do we do that?
1: So that's where the, you know, there's a bit much to cover here, but it's in the book. Okay. I tell you where to source it, what strains to use, got to be mindful of strains. Okay. Uh, the, the conditions we ferment at 106 degrees Fahrenheit for 36 hours. And so, by the way, people who want to jump on this bandwagon, it really does help to have some device. It could be a yogurt maker, could be a sous vide, slow meat cooking device. It could be some of the Instant Pots do this. Ideally, it's a device that has adjustable temperature mm-hmm. and time so that you can set it to, to the needs of that collection of microbes and then walk away and come back in a day and a half or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, that's what we want, right? So the Instant Pot, I have one of those. They'll do it. You can get a temperature down low enough on the Instant Pot?
1: If it has a yogurt setting, oh, I you think might want does. to verify it. Yeah,
0: yeah. What for is a general setting it, for, for yogurt? Is it around 100 or so?
1: Well, that's one of the issues that's a little tricky. So, a lot of yogurt makers don't have adjustable temperature. They're preset. They're often preset to the temperatures that conventional yogurt microbes like, which is 108 to 114 degrees. That kills reuteri. So, if ah. you've got a conventional yogurt maker, let it run for a bit with a thermometer inside and see what the temperature is. You don't want it above about 106, 107, because you, you can kill off some of the heat sensitive microbes. Uh, and if your device does, you know, find a device that doesn't do that. I list them in the book of the many yogurt makers, sous vide devices, and Instant Pot variations that allow you to use these temperatures. Because, you know, microbes are like people. Some people like it hot.
0: Yeah, some people some like Some people like yeah, it cold. Like or like hot. Well, this is great. Good stuff. I mean, you've really making a, and this doesn't happen too often for me, I got to tell you, but you're making a great argument actually by the book. So I'm going to, I'm serious. No, I I really, you know, I I don't meet, I don't have a lot of guests where I talk to them. I say, well, I got to get the book because I don't know. You know what I'm saying. But this is great. If you get this all down there, I'm ordering this puppy today. Can we get it on uh, Globalist Amazon that we all hold our nose when we do it? Or where? (laughs) Yes, you can. Well, you know. It's
1: (laughs) from all major bookstores. I know. I'm a
0: purist. You know, if I I get something overnight, I'm just, you know, what can I tell you? You I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but you know, Patrick, I don't think it's an exaggeration. We are. Uh, sorry about that. That's
0: all right. Hey, well, I got to do a commercial anyway, brother. You stay right there, okay? Don't don't go away. I will. Yeah, stay right there. This is this is great, right? I mean, I had no idea that uh, all this uh, cool stuff's going on with uh, uh, with these mic. I mean, you know, we knew about the microbes, but come on, man, I'm into it. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna order this. Uh, Pro Gaia, gastro kind of thing, because you know I stopped sleeping about 20 years ago, so maybe this will help. <laughs> I do get a lot of work work on my writing done. Uh, if you would like to get your testosterone levels up to a place that you'll go, hello, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, just uh, check check. Check
2: this out. The first supplement I like to take in the morning, right after I wake up, is Pine Pollen Pure Potency, or P4. This is Cirque Rival's flagship testosterone and androgen support formula. It's made with the pollen of pine trees, which is rich in testosterone, androstenedione, DHEA, and a bunch of plant sterols. These are all substances, phytochemicals, that support the body's natural androgens, or male hormones. Of course, men and women are using this product, but usually it's men in andropods, Men after age 40 whose testosterone production has started to decline. Many of survival supplements can be taken any time of day, but Pine Pollen Pure Potency, it's important that you take at very specific times of the day. Now, it can be taken once, twice, or three times, depending on how much you wanna supplement yourself with the phytoandrogens found in it. But the key is taking it at morning, right upon waking, midday or noon, and then again, right before bed. So once, twice, or three times, today. But always at those times. And that's because that's when your body's naturally producing its own testosterone. And all we want to do is amplify that sine wave. We don't want to start to take Testosterone at a time where our bodies purged it from the bloodstream. Instead, we want to take it at a time where those levels are already spiking and we're just subtly helping to increase them. This product tastes fantastic. I think of it like an orange creamsicle, and that's because, in addition to that subtle pine flavor, there's a little bit of orange peel, Tahitian vanilla bean, cloves, and then a little bit of maple syrup just to give it this nice kind of sweet orange flavor. So it's really delicious and easy to take. So if you're looking to increase increase your testosterone or androgen levels and you want an alternative to pharmaceutical testosterone replacement therapies, there's nothing that does it better than pine pollen pure potency.
0: Well, you know what they say. uh, The proof is in the pudding. Uh, This is Patrick Timpone. Here's my little bottle. I've been taking pine pollen for probably 10 years, uh, most every day. And then he also has the uh, elk velvet antler on Sir Thrival that I take and then also uh, the um arise which is a chinese medicine guy for testosterone in the morning and check this out um i recently had my testosterone levels checked a little little blood test um there's me patrick timpone birthday 11746 takes a long time to get young um the testosterone level they said it was abnormal right because it's high it's (laughs) it's high 876 and they say the normal thing for guys is like 250 to 650 you know these normal ranges you never know they just make them up but anyway so 876 so you know i'm happening um so i can still have babies until i'm 144 just you know what can i tell you so, uh, if you like to get your T-levels up, guys and girls, and you know, do it. Now, we have found over the years that many ladies that are going through the old menopause thing or perimenopause need a little extra T just to feel better. Testosterone. Now, I've known gals that have done this and they get the little BBs in the butt and they feel great for about two months and then not so much because it's an unnatural, who knows. This is a food, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. This is a food. This is a, A real food so your body works with it. And if you take it at the right time, which is like 7 to 9 in the morning, when our testosterone, as Daniel said, our testosterone levels are up higher anyway because we're supposed to wake up with morning wood, right? If you wake up with morning wood, you know you got T levels happy. If you don't, then you know it's not. So that's a good, you know, you don't have to even go to a doctor for that. Was that Norwegian wood with the Beatles? No, that was not morning wood. It was Norwegian wood. Anyway, so check it out. Uh, pure potency from Sir Thrival on one radio Network.com. Any Sir Thrival link, and that's gonna get you there, baby. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is one radio Network.com. We're talking with Doctor uh, William Davis and Super Guy. How's your T levels, Doc? You know, you uh, the, the eating eating pro I bet probiotic. I bet the good we'll do that too i mean that's probably why our hormones are now where they should be uh, if, the, if all the gut microbes aren't happening right
1: yeah the gut microbes do play a big role patrick in uh, numerous hormonal phenomena yeah uh, now we had there's animal evidence not yet human that Rotari, our favorite microbe does boost testosterone and a lot of the guys who i talk to uh, likewise, we've had to take a lot of guys off their testosterone injections or or, or creams yeah, because yeah. of a rise in testosterone. Yes,
0: yeah. Now you, I heard you talk. How uh, you you have sixty five uh, Christmases under your belt in your body around?
1: Soon to be. Soon yes. to be.
0: All right. And look at your skin, man. You know you're super smooth there, like a little baby's bum. So do you do you <laughs> do you um do you connect this with the rotary? Do you think?
1: You know, I, I think I, I, my mom was Japanese, so oh. I think there's part of it. Oh. There's a, 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 an Asian thing going on, too. Yeah. But I do see a lot of skin smoothing because one of the effects of Rotoride that boosts oxytocin is it causes really an explosion in dermal collagen. You know, ladies are very aware of this. That's uh-huh. why they take collagen hydrolysates and hyal- hyaluronic acid. Oh. But the Rotoride via oxytocin really cause a boost in dermal collagen deposition. So most ladies will report a reduction in skin wrinkles. It takes eight or more weeks to, to develop. Now, I, I tell ladies, you know, we should have been like your great grandmother did. We should have been eating stomach and intestine yeah. and brain yeah. and heart and tongue. All those organs are rich in things like collagen and hyaluronic acid. Yes, that's what gives you better skin and joint health, as well as uh, brain and arterial health as well. So, a lot of this, what we're really doing, Patrick, is restoring the human body the way it was supposed supposed to be, and restoring diet. Now, most people say, "I'm not going to eat brain and stomach and intestine." So that's why we get these supplements to replace. Uh, these nutrients in squeamish Americans. But, I mean,
0: from the ocean picture, squeamish Americans. But well, no, I understand. <laughs> and we, we have a monthly guest out of, uh, 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 she's great. And uh, she talks a lot about pig's feet and uh, jowls and pig cheek, you know, and all the great stuff. And uh, uh, you can, you can you know, juice up a lot of good things. We actually have a farmer's market fellow that has these really well. Uh, pastured pigs that you can get pig's cheek i eat pig's cheek you know and it makes you a little cheeky it's good isn't that interesting so so um so do you think that these foods like uh, chicken feet, pig's feet, and all the stuff that we can get hammocks and and things do you think it restores the these ancient microbes dr Uh, davis no, what they do,
1: Patrick, is they provide the substrate, the material okay. for oxytocin to help deposit collagen in your joints and in your skin. Gotcha. But it's, it's, it's a reflection of how modern people have abandoned many traditional practices that were beneficial to us. Sure. sure. Well, so, eating those things, you're right. You know, you know what the stupidest food is? What? Boneless, skinless chicken right. breast. Yeah, right. <laughs> right no you want the bone you want the skin you want the dark meat uh, if you eat salmon eat this skin yeah if you have if you eat a chicken save the carcass boil it for soups, stews and broths and that also is helpful too and, and slow cooking uh, tough cuts of meat also mobilize the uh, collagen and hyaluronic acid in the collagen and the in the, uh, in the tendons ligaments
0: so if you get a grass-fed grass-finished ribeye steak that's pretty fun but there's not much going on in that little piece of muscle is there i mean it's more for show than anything isn't it
1: well i like ribeye cuts because it has more fat and you want that fat never trim the fat off eat it it's good for you so this nonsense about cutting fat and saturated fat and pushing the plate away move more eat less all that stuff that does not work and help create the one of the fattest populations on the planet (laughs)
0: That's right. That's right. Who was the guy years ago that really started? Who was the famous guy? Was it the Atkins diet? Was that it?
1: Bob Atkins, yeah.
0: Wow, yeah. Um, Here's an email from Paul in the UK where the queen mum is. She's 112, and I don't know what she's doing. Do you you have a probiotic? (laughs) She is really 112. Do you have a probiotic recipe to help With eye pressure and glaucoma, hmm.
1: So one of the things I I preach is let's get away from the idea of treating things. Yes. That's what they do in healthcare, right? If you have type 2 diabetes and have a high blood sugar, we're going to treat that high blood sugar with metformin and bieta injections and insulin injections. So you do reduce blood sugar, but you have almost no impact on potential for stroke, heart disease, amputations peripheral vascular disease blindness in other words that's the tragedy of trying to treat things so i i try and this is a tough concept for a lot of people to get their arms around let's instead talk about how to not have that condition in the first place by addressing the factors that allowed it so what allows type 2 diabetes well eating foods that raise blood sugar hmm. wheat yeah. grains and sugars yeah. let's address the nutrients that are lacking in modern life that influence the insulin response like magnesium you know we're supposed to go to the river every morning and drink from the river water that runs over rocks and mint, well we can't do that it's got sewage it's got farm <laughs> runoff it's got herbicides don't try this
0: at home right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we filter our water And water filtration removes all magnesium. So we have to restore magnesium and vitamin D. So we address the nutrients lacking in modern life. And then we also address the microbiome because of that process of endotoxemia. And you know what? The majority of type two diabetics become non-diabetic. And that's how you get rid of the eight years shorter lifespan you had before with with diabetes. You get rid of excess risk for hypertension, cardiovascular disease, carotid disease, dementia, uh, all the diseases that diabetics are prone to. So, in other words, it's a lot better to address the factors that allowed that disease to emerge in the first place, rather than treat it. Treat yeah. treatment more often than that leads to unintended consequences.
0: Well, as, that's what modern healthcare. Yeah, as you said, we've kind of got even in the natural world that I've been involved in in 40 years, we kind of got hooked into the idea of taking this for that. You know, we we just did. You know, it's just part of human nature, right? But I think we're all beginning to understand more of the whole oh, how it's all just one big party of microbes right everywhere and, uh, but you know this is uh, fascinating of how the, we've lost all many of these things so you can really understand how God love them people doing the standard American diet watching the news you know and eating all of the things and, and on two or three um, meds you can understand why they're not happy campers, Doc. Really? Wow. Yeah. Don't you think,
1: and you know this, Patrick, shouldn't the doctor be an expert I would, in
0: nutrition? I would think.
1: <laughs> and, and nutrients and the microbiome? Yeah. But they're not. And the sad thing, even worse than that, they don't generally give a damn. Hmm. I'm, ta- I'm talking about mainstream doctors. I'm not talking about functional medicine doctors. And, sure. and some sure. who really are invested in health, thankfully. But the the, the mainstream gastroenterologists, cardiologists, primary care, endocrinologists, uh, they are in the business of health care. They're in the business of providing products and services that bring them revenue. That has nothing to do with health. So if you say to a doctor, for instance, hey, doc, uh, you said I have fatty liver because my AST, ALT numbers are high. He did an ultrasound. I have fat infiltration. I'm going to be headed to cirrhosis, which is a horrible disease. And all the doctor says, well, there's, there's nothing we can do for fatty liver. You can try to lose weight, but there's nothing we can do. And when you have cirrhosis and your abdomen becomes distended with fluid retention, mm-hmm. and you start to puke mm-hmm. up red blood because you have varis, uh, varices in your esophagus, then we'll schedule for a liver transplant, which is a horrible pre- procedure. That's the doctor's answer. The truth of it is, fatty liver, you can reverse within two weeks. What the doc- I'm going to translate what the doctor says when he says we don't have any treatment for fatty liver. What he says, we don't have a pharmaceutical or a procedure for All fatty right. liver, mm-hmm. but I choose to be ignorant in health nutrition and the microbiome so i i have no idea how to reverse fatty liver even though there's ample science and experience to show that fatty liver is something you can reverse like that how tell tell us how well several steps you you so what fatty liver is patrick is the conversion of the liver liver has great capacity to convert any sugar such as sucrose mm-hmm. or fructose or right. the amylopectin A of grains, the liver converts those sugars to triglycerides. Yeah. So anybody who has fatty liver has a high blood triglyceride level. A lot of those triglycerides never make it out of the liver. And they get stuck in the liver and that's called fatty liver. Now, insulin resistance that two thirds of Americans have amplifies that effect, makes it worse. So if your blood sugar is 103 and the doctor says, no problem, you're not diabetic yet you still are making uh, triglycerides accumulate in your, in your liver. Then lastly, that process of endotoxemia, where gut microbes send their toxic byproducts to the liver via the portal vein, and it rams your liver, and your liver takes a inflammatory beating. So if you understand all that, don't eat foods that the liver converts to triglycerides, no grains, no sugars. Get nutrients that reverse insulin resistance, vitamin D, magnesium, iodine uh, and then correct your dysbiosis or SIBO uh, that causes endotoxemia to the liver it sounds like a lot it's really quite easy and that's one of the things I do I lay out here's what you do one two three
0: so if somebody had a really cool Dalai Lama liver I just use that term I don't know how his liver is but you know the Dalai Lama of all livers um, I, I would suspect that they can do their share of grains and sugars and be okay huh?
1: I don't know if any I've met, I've yet to meet a human who did not have an adverse effect from eating grains and sugars. Really? Now here's here's the twist though. I know a few people won't I know a few. Well, people won't, <laughs> people won't recognize various conditions as a consequence of grain consumption and related issues they won't know for instance that glaucoma and cataracts hmm. are disease of grains and sugars they might not know that psoriasis and rosacea are to some degree disease of grains and sugars they won't recognize that <clears throat> depression uh, or acid reflux or Barrett's esophagitis uh and fibromyalgia have Uh, grains and sugars as part of their cause and so in other words people think it's a gluten problem or gastrointestinal problem not recognizing that something like carotid disease or Lou Gehrig's disease all these diseases have in their origins grain sugar consumption vitamin d deficiency disruption of the microbiome. But you can see what I'm getting at here. Let's correct the causes. And the causes, by the way, Patrick, are virtually the same for all those conditions. In other words, I, I tell people to pay less attention to what the label was, whether it's called rheumatoid arthritis or migraine headaches or seborrhea or depression, and pay more attention to the common factors that allow those diseases all to emerge. Because if you pay attention to those common factors, more often than not, those conditions recede. Hmm.
0: You know, though um, I I've just I do know a lot of people, and I'm you know I I drink lots of orange juice, and you know I'm doing really good, and that's got a lot of sugar, so, and I don't have any liver things going on. I mean, I don't have any little spots, you know, like people have with liver spots. I've got two left. I had about fourteen about two years ago, so I've got two left. Uh, so my liver is getting better, and I do lots of fresh orange juice. How do what do you make of that?
1: Well, one of the things you can do is something called an NMR lipoprotein test. Yeah, That's well, well the good luck a with that. test.
0: <laughs> you know, if you do a test, <laughs> doc, they're going to come up with anything. You know that.
1: Well, in other words, this idea that <laughs> cholesterol causes heart disease yeah, right. is propagated by big pharma. Sure. Because they make a lot of money. Sure. Telling people that reducing, and they and my colleagues have drunk that Kool-Aid. Uh, cholesterol never was meant to be the cause. It was meant to be a marker. Right for the particles in the bloodstream that cause heart disease well you and I don't have to use this ridiculous indirect market called cholesterol testing we can actually do lipoprotein fat carrying protein testing I've done that for 25 years you can do that one of the things you'll see is the provocation of small LDL particles that's the real among the real causes of coronary disease and stroke
0: and so so what's that that LDL number uh, supposed to in in a perfect world the LDL is
1: not LDL cholesterol, but small LDL particle number should be zero or close to zero.
0: Oh, so that's a separate test that you got to do.
1: Yeah, it's the real test. It's not the bullshit test called <laughs> cholesterol test.
0: <laughs> so so there's actually a test you can do. This is pretty fun. Small LDL oh, yeah. particle?
1: It's an NMR lipoprotein panel. And among the measures made is a small LDL particle count.
0: And, and, and see, so
1: it's a little bit harder than high cholesterol. It's a oh, ridiculous yeah, idea yeah. called high cholesterol. So, then
0: the, so the triglycerides, LDL, HDL, those are all kind of nonsense numbers, I hear you saying?
1: You know, the triglycerides and HDL, ironically, the two numbers that are largely ignored, those two are actually helpful. Oh, they are. But the LDL cholesterol, this is a whole other conversation. The <laughs> LDL cholesterol, you'll see in parentheses calculated it's not even measured. Huh. So I call what? it fictitious LDL. It's not a real number. And it, so it's not even close to being accurate. It's mm- completely not. Really? It came from science generated in 1958 to 1961 from the NIH. It was meant to be, the LDL co- uh, cholesterol calculation was meant to be a crude approximation of a number of particles in the low density fraction when you spin blood down. <laughs> That's what it means. Uh, unfortunately, uh, big pharma, put it to use and now we see this huge industry to treat cholesterol the tragedy of big uh, of cholesterol testing and statin drugs patrick is it took everybody's attention off the real causes of heart disease which is small mm -hmm. ldl particles insulin resistance inflammation endotoxemia magnesium deficiency all those things that you can do something about but the doctor doesn't give a damn about because he's he's been you know uh, Doctors are real humans. I did it for many years. When a good-looking <laughs> woman in a mini skirt comes into the office and says, <laughs> "Doctor Davis, would you like lunch and a all-expense-paid trip to Orlando and so you can participate?
0: Yeah, I, I get you, brother. I hear you. You know how the world works. Yeah, that's I, the way it goes. Uh, I hear you. So, okay, two people have already uh, emailed in. They want to know exactly the test. If you would speak more slowly, so because they want to do this, you know, you got to be careful. Okay what what's, what's that test how do you say it? so
1: it's nmr or nuclear magnetic resonance lipoprotein testing it's not easy to get it is easy to get but you're going to have this barrier called the doctor
0: <laughs> oh yeah but you can go these days you can go you can go you and can. just you can just go online and just order yep. whatever you want just pop in you don't need a prescription all right N- nmr for these people lipoprotein testing right
1: there used to be other methods, but they've all kind of fallen by the wayside because of neglect. Because my colleagues are still hell bent on this ridiculous notion of treating cholesterol.
0: Yeah, uh, because they want to sell statins. Statins, right? I mean, that's the deal.
1: They like the easy answer mm-hmm. because to really understand how to deal with cardiovascular risk, you got to think about nutrition and vitamin D. How to really get vitamin D right, and you got to think about thyroid status you gotta think about the microbiome well it's too much thinking
0: (laughs) all they want is a pill (laughs) way too much Or procedure Yeah. way too much so uh uh they also so what are the important numbers on these nmr thing you said ldl that wants to be zero
1: so here's a typical scenario somebody has coronary disease maybe they had three stents maybe they survived a heart attack right maybe they had a coronary calcium score Mm -hmm. and it's high let's say 500 yeah so we do the nmr and typically their small ldl will be something like 1980 or 2000 that doesn't or
0: 2400 that
1: doesn't sound good no it's virtually all people who have coronary diseases it's crystal clear now what causes small ldl particles yeah only only two things grains and sugars that's it is that right uh, that's yeah. not yeah that science is over 20 years old it came from places like university of california san francisco uh, and hopkins and other reputable places they showed years ago it's the amylopectin A of grains and sugars that cause formation so this is what led to all my experiences so i had people freaking out on me with coronary disease because you know if all we're doing is giving them statin drugs aspirin beta blockers and cutting the fat doesn't do anything yeah uh, so i tried something different i had them remove grains and sugars from their diet and this small ldl particle count on an nmr panel drops from say 1980 nanomoles per liter particle count per volume to zero Whoa. or something over close how to much zero. time it's
0: not like 10 yeah, over how long a time uh,
1: depends on how much weight you have to lose because when you do this you also lose a lot of weight and one of the phenomena of weight loss is mobilization of triglycerides from fat cells and triglycerides can cause spikes in small LDL. So the best way to do this is to wait four weeks after a weight loss plateau, then get your NMR uh, panel done. That way you can factor out the effects of weight loss. Very confusing, I know.
0: No, no, not too confusing. I mean, okay. So here's what I'm going to do, just for fun. But I'm only 125 pounds soaking what? So I, I don't. I, I, we'll see. But I'm going to, I'm going to go. You can do a requested test, and I'm going to get an NMR lipoprotein testing. All right. I'm going to do this and I'll tell my listeners about it and I'm going to look at my LDL and I'll tell them what it is because I do plenty of pasta and I do a little rice and I do orange juice and I do fruit and maple syrup. So I think I have my share of sugar, right? Potatoes, all right? So we'll see what it is. I want, yeah. Fair enough. And then, you know, if it's like 200 or 2000 or so, I'm just going to start drinking scotch and call it a day. Uh, Just kidding. (laughs) oh my god this is great okay we're talking with a fun guy his name is uh, dr william davis i'm going to get the book how about you william davis his book is called super gut here's an email for you um could you make oh okay can you make yogurt from colostrum using the recommended bacteria
1: I've never done something like that. I mean, you can of course consume colostrum directly for all its concentrated sure. nutrients and antibodies sure. and other uh, compounds, but you, know, you you really won't magnify a lot of the effects of colostrum because you, uh, antibodies, for instance, don't propagate in yogurt. So the the sole purpose of making the yogurt is to boost bacterial counts. So I can't imagine that's a really not a good uh, productive idea. Okay. Do. Yeah. P-
0: probably okay. probably. I got, I got you. Here's another one. The user manual for my six-quart Instapot says that the temperature for yogurt setting of normal mode is 96.8 to 109.4. Uh, less mode is 86 to 93. Oh, oh, yeah, I guess, I guess you can get it to wherever you want on oh, in the Instapot. And that's what a listener says.
1: That that's helpful. Yeah. It always it doesn't yeah. hurt though to put a thermometer in, let it run for a while because you'll find some of these devices are as much as ten degrees off. Yeah, and you know, you, the last thing you want to do is get all you know in, in, <laughs> excited about making your rotary yogurt, for instance, and after thirty six hours, all you got is, is unfermented half and half or it, or it goes sour. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so, with uh, listeners want to know more about this hard uh, thing. So, so, so your opinion is what let's talk to us like we're a young child or a golden retriever and then uh, let us uh, help us to understand (laughs) your perception you may be wrong you could be just a guy that's a good talker i'm not you know i don't know but you sound pretty credible of what causes myocardial infarction or clogging in the arteries two different things correct
1: no, they're much the same. Are they? Are so they? atherosclerosis. Okay. Is that fatty material accumulates in arteries? But there is, uh, at some point, plaque ruptures like a little volcano. Mm-hmm. That's what a heart attack is. Yeah. Uh, and that becomes a blood clot because when you expose the internal contents of plaque, yeah, it, causes it pops blood in the clot heart.
0: So why do you think yeah. these guys get all placked up and guys need stints? What, what, in your opinion, what is really going on?
1: Well, let me tell you how I came here. Okay. This just goes back 25 years. Wow. When my mom died of sudden cardiac death after a successful two-vessel coronary angioplasty in New Jersey, where I grew up. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. this was the disease, Patrick, that I managed every day in the cath lab, putting in stents, atherectomies, angioplasty. Here, my mom dies of it. But it illustrated to me a vivid illustration of how useless it was to only rely on procedures because of people dying at home or in their car or at work right it happens all the time uh well so i i got the funding together and we opened up a heart scan center in milwaukee it was one of the first in the midwest one of the first in the country and we're scanning people left and right for silent heart disease people like you and me who say oh I, I you know I, I ride my bike i go for a walk, i feel fine mm-hmm. uh but you have a score, cardiac calcium score. We measured calcium because calcium comprises 20% of total atherosclerotic plaque volume. Normal is zero, no plaque. Well, people coming in with scores of 300, 500, 1000 and freaking out. Well, back this is 25 years ago now. Mm-hmm. So we said, okay, let's go on. High dose lipitor and aspirin, let's cut the fat in your diet, exercise, blah blah blah. Well, if you do nothing, we we help publish this science. If you do nothing, that score goes up twenty-five percent per year. So three hundred a year later is gonna be three hundred and what? Three hundred and seventy-five? Year later, four hundred something. And every leap you get closer to dying, heart attack, developing symptoms of so, Let
0: me let me stop you for a second so we understand. So you're talking about the thing where you can go in and get one of these calcium scans on your chest, right? And mm-hmm. give you a calcium score. And this is telling, and you could actually see it. I did one years ago; mine was seven. I had a seven. That's pretty good, right? Um, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so you couldn't see anything. You saw a little speck here and there. That's actually showing the calcium that's built up in the arteries. Correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it continu- reflects total plaque. Okay. Continue with your with your story. So
1: if you do nothing, right. it goes up twenty five percent per year. Okay. If you go on Lipitor. Aspirin, low fat diet, exercise program every day, your score goes up 25% per year. It has zero impact. That is published evidence. It's in the literature. Mm -hmm. Yet, my Mm -hmm. colleagues to this day, Patrick, to this day, my colleagues call high dose statin drug, aspirin, low fat diet, they call it optimal medical therapy. It's almost like a joke. Well, what do you do? I've got thousands of people freaking out because their scores are going up, 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 up on optimal medical therapy what do you do well you ask the experts by the way the experts and they uh, say well mm-hmm. don't repeat the scan just let them have their heart attack or develop symptoms then deal with it in the cath lab they oh, actually good. said that come on they, they actually tell uh, they actually they, said that well yes oh. yes no yeah repeatedly no so but if if our i think you and i follow a similar flow, no no no, 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 no. let's see if we can find out a way to put a stop to this yeah took me some years of trial and error i published some of these evidence it takes things like vitamin d
2: Hmm.
1: when i added vitamin d patrick was the first time i saw scores do that they dropped
0: just vitamin d vitamin d
1: just vitamin d fish oil at modest effect Iodine and addressing thyroid status, a big effect, getting rid of the cause for small LDL particles, grains and sugars, small LDL drops to the floor. And then now the most recent addition, address your microbiome. And we have oodles of people Mm. whose heart scan scores have changed zero or actually gone down. Uh, that's how you address cardiovascular risk. It has nothing to do with saturated fat. It has nothing to do with cholesterol. It has nothing to do with statin drugs. Statin drugs are a miserable scientific failure, a huge marketing success.
0: Yes, sir. And as you know better than anyone, um, when you get your cholesterol level down to 120 or 30 or 40, which statins do... Your testosterone levels, you can't even make testosterone at 140, right? What do you think you need a cholesterol level to make testosterone? I would suspect 180. What do you think?
1: You know, I don't even measure cholesterol anymore, yeah, Patrick. Who so, because I, right. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, <laughs> in other words, just go to your business and have... Don't look at the cholesterol. Now, sad to say, there are really two important measures that can be useful, the triglycerides and the HDL, the two numbers that are largely ignored. So we aim for triglycerides, if you're tracking it, of 60 milligrams or less.
0: Triglycerides, 60 milligrams, I'm writing this down. Okay. And then the HDL? 60 or more. Oh, HDL, you want to be over 60. And triglycerides, you want to be less than 60.
1: People say, oh, that's impossible. Well, you know, personally, I've done this thousands of times. But personally, (laughs) so 25 years ago, 30 years ago, I became a type two diabetic, and my triglycerides were 390. My HDL was 27,
0: Hmm.
1: and my small LDL was 1800. And I, you mean that 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 test, that NMR test,
0: was 1800? Mm Hmm.
1: And I was a type two diabetic with fasting glucose is about 160. Wow. This happened because I was I was jogging three, four miles several times a week. I was playing tennis, I was biking, but I was also a low fat
0: vegetarian. Oh, good for you.
1: <laughs> so I stopped being a low fat vegetarian, everything normalized. And the most recent panel I checked, my HDL is ninety-four.
0: That's good, right? It quadrupled okay. almost. Okay.
1: My my triglycerides were forty-seven. Okay. My fasting glucoses are in the 80s. My hemoglobin A1C is in the four-something range. I don't have hypertension. In other words, uh, I addressed the factors that allowed those conditions, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, insulin resistance, et cetera, to emerge. So I'm not treating type 2 diabetes or hypertension or, or high triglycerides, but addressing the factors that allowed to emerge in the first place. Small LDL zero.
0: Zero. LDL was zero. And how high was it? I mean uh, the LDL, the one that's fancy test you, you mentioned, eighteen hundred. Wow. Ooh, what uh, a listener wants to know, uh, Matthew, when you do the calcium score on your chest, what does your guest think is safe? What number?
1: It is not. There's no direct cutoff. You can't say over a hundred you're in danger. Over right. three hundred you're in danger. It's more of a, a device you track, mm-hmm. and because you. The most important risk factor of all is how much it changes in a year's time. So I tell people what's better than a CT heart scan for a coronary calcium score. Two CT heart scans with two coronary calcium scores. So you can see the rate of change
0: over time. Uh, you can see what's so going really on. It's really helpful. Yeah.
1: But I will tell you at a score of a thousand or higher, there is a likelihood if you did nothing, which is foolish, right? But if you did nothing, your risk of dying or having a heart attack or developing symptoms is about 15% per year. So that gives you a little perspective on uh, how much danger there is in a score.
0: Yeah. And another question is, on this new test, NMR, what can, what would be a, a range where it's dangerous, the LDL? yeah.
1: I would shoot for anything below 200 as being best. Okay. And it's an old test. Battery <laughs> attached. I really, I, it goes back for me 25 years. I've never heard of this guy. Yet,
0: yeah, never heard of it. Yeah,
1: But it's not used. But it, here, here's an interesting thing when you start to track that, those measures, yes, sir. you start to realize how profound diet is in crafting cardiovascular risk. Mm. And it has nothing to do with fat it has everything to do with carbohydrate intake and insulin resistance and that's the dark side the bright side is once you understand that you have magnificent control over the the, the numbers the values in that in that uh, in that test
0: but dr davis i mean you know places like italy eat a lot of pasta i mean they eat pasta almost every meal not a, you know not as a side dish bread right Of course, they eat a lot of butter and wine and olive oil, which is good stuff, and fish. But they've got much better heart uh, numbers than we do. Why aren't they dropping over if they're eating pasta every day? I don't get that. They do have a
1: growing amount of type. They're not immune. They have a ton of celiac disease. Do they? They've got yes there's there is an epidemic of type 2 diabetes and obesity another thing to factor in here are the changes introduced into the wheat plant by agribusiness yeah so there's also changes and it's worse here for instance if you eat uh wheat grown here it's more likely to contain glyphosate yes it's more likely to have higher quantities of wheat glutenin and phytates those are the things that farmers select for because they're pest resistant so there's there's a lot of things. And the microbiome of the towns is probably different than the microbiome of Americans because we drink a lot more diet sodas, yeah. which change the microbiome. We tend to not as, eat, eat as much uh, olive oil. Olive oil is extremely beneficial for the microbiome yes, because the oleic, acid. Uh, the oleic acid plays a big role in the composition of your microbiome. So there's a lot of differences. It's, it, we can't reduce to one thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Drinking red wine probably has a beneficial yeah, effect. Probably good, a little bit. More collaborative, yeah. family based culture of Italy has yes. a, has a positive effect as opposed to our online, distant, move about all around the country kind of lifestyle. So there's a lot of, sure. lot of differences.
0: Of course, yeah, you you'd have to factor that in there. Listener wants to know: Are you a cardiologist? Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. Sorry, you know, I didn't do my research. So, you're a cardiologist. It's So, high. whoa. Okay, so let's get back on the wheat thing because you did a whole book, Wheat Belly, which preceded this book called Super Gut. Um, I know someone, a wonderful company called BioNatura and Jovial Foods in Italy. And this lady found this einkorn wheat because she liked to bake and her kids were gluten thing. So, she did the research. She's really hardcore. And she got this einkorn wheat, and she talked farmers into growing it, right? The, the old stuff. This is the ancient wheat. And her kids did fine with it. And I eat it, and I do, I do great with it. You know, I, you know, einkorn, little bagel or something like that, or bread. There is a big difference between this real old ancient wheat, isn't there, and the stuff that's, that's at the store now?
1: Big differences. For one, einkorn is a 14 chromosome plant, Whoa. and modern wheat, Triticum aestivum, is a 42 chromosome plant. It completely different things. They look different. They taste different. They have physiological effects. But here's a question okay. for you, Patrick. So, einkorn wheat is the wheat of pre-biblical times. Is it? Emmer is more common in biblical times. So, einkorn wheat is the great granddaddy of all wheat plants. This 14 chromosome plant. So, here's a question. What happened to the first humans who turned to einkorn wheat? And we know
0: this with confidence. What do you mean, turn? What, what do you mean turned? Consumed it.
1: Oh, cons- okay. They started to harvest wild einkorn wheat. So okay. this occurred in the Middle, the Fertile Crescent, the Middle East, mm-hmm. where Israel and Palestine, all that is now. Those are the first people who, during a period of climate change, turned to the seeds of grasses <laughs> for food. So what happened to those people? And by the way, same things happened to people four to 8,000 years ago in Central America when they turned to uh, teacint and corn mm-hmm. and it happened in sub-Saharan Africa with people who turned to millet. So what happened to those people? People are often surprised to hear this. Before the age of consuming grains, whether it's einkorn, millet, or otherwise, there was almost no tooth decay. To- teeth recovered from that age only two to three percent showed evidence for tooth decay, tooth loss, abscess formation, and misalignment. As soon as humans added grains, tooth decay exploded. Sixteen to forty-nine percent of all teeth recovered showed tooth decay abscess formation, misalignment, as well as evidence for nutrient deficiencies, especially iron, and also a marked increase in arthritis. So in other words, when humans turned to something that was not, that humans not adapted to consuming, seeds of grasses, there was a dramatic shift in health. And that's why we all have to brush our teeth and floss. You know, those people pre-grain who had almost no tooth decay didn't have dental floss, didn't have fluoridated toothpaste, didn't have dentists, didn't have orthodontists. Their notion of dental hygiene was a twig to pry out the loose bits of wildebeest from between their teeth. And so uh, look back at the record, and we see that humans were never adapted to consuming the seeds of grasses or grains. When you
0: say look back, look back at the records, but you can actually see – Prove what you just said. I mean, there's a way to prove that, saying. Yeah, that's the astounding thing. If you talk to the anthropologists, they say, "Oh, sure, we've known about
1: the diseases of civilization for a long time." That's what they call, by the way, high blood pressure, type two diabetes, <laughs> right. obesity, uh, dental decay, tooth misalignment, uh, colon cancer, hemorrhoids, irritable bowel syndrome, ulcerative colitis. They call those diseases diseases of civilization, because when they study hunter gatherer populations, either ancient ones or current ones, the few residual people who do that, like the Yanomami in the Brazilian rainforest, the Matzas in the highlands of Peru, the Hadza in the Savannah of of um, of uh, um, Tanzania, the Maasai in Kenya, the Malawi in Eastern Africa, the Mori in New Zealand, all these populations have if they state that they stick to their indigenous lifestyle, have no tooth decay, no colon cancer, no heart disease, no stroke, no ulcerative colitis,
0: wow. no psoriasis, <laughs> no. <laughs> but they didn't have a TV either, so you got to you got to add that in there. True. But Doc, so what True. did what did they? So they were more, um, I don't know, what do you want to call it, uh, paleo, more just meat and fish and vegetables and stuff. I mean.
1: They killed their next meal and then they would eat the brain and eat the liver, eat the intestines as well as the meat. They would fish, gather shellfish, dig in the dirt for roots and tubers, tubers, gather berries, collect nuts, things that people have adapted to as food for millions of years until someone persuaded us that seeds of grasses. You know, if you were if you and I were desperate and our families hadn't eaten in two weeks, you should eat seeds of grasses. Gonna, you, you're gonna right, survive,
0: right? Right, right. It'll keep you alive, but it will destroy your health long term. How, how did China get a billion and a half people eating rice every day? <laughs> so they have. <laughs> the type spermies two are diabetics. working Doc, somewhere. I'm a, come on.
1: <laughs> well, they now have an explosion of obesity. There are more type two diabetics really? in China than all of North America. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they have a larger population, of course, but they're not immune. Now they they live traditionally on the edge of caloric deprivation, so as they've now adopted
0: more calories. Right, right, right.
1: Yeah. yeah. As calorie intake, as food availability has increased, and as processed food uh, available has increased, they're getting all the same problems we have now: dementia, colon cancer, heart. That's all. They're. they're, We showed them how to do it, and they're doing it.
0: (laughs) What about? Somebody wants to know about potatoes, sweet potatoes, white potatoes, carrots. Good stuff?
1: So one of the things we do in my programs, Sweet Belly, Undoctored, Super Gut, <laughs> is um, because so many of us, you know, there's easily 75 million Americans. I'm sorry, 150 million Americans with fatty liver. huh. Big deal. There's 30 million type 2 diabetics. There's over 100 million obese people. I mean, that's huge problems. So all these people start with insulin resistance. So one of the ways to more rapidly reverse insulin resistance is to watch your net carbon intake. That is total carbohydrates minus fiber. And we try to maintain 15 grams or less per meal. And that helps you lose weight faster, reverse insulin resistance faster, get rid of small LDL particles, reverse fatty liver Reduce high triglycerides, that is is anything above 60. Reduce high blood pressure. So in addition to avoidance of grains and sugars and addressing those nutrients, we also cap net carbs. Now, as time goes on, you can loosen that up a little bit. But I I tell you, Patrick, my bias has been, because I practiced cardiology for so many years. Yes, sir. Is not allowing people to show small LDL particles, because that is a nasty little bastard. And (laughs) all it takes is one indulgence. So people, people used to say this to me. I'd say, okay, John, listen, your small LDL was terrible. It was 2,400. It's now down to 900. It's better, but it's still not perfect. Are you doing the diet and doing it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd bug them. And they'd say, well, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know what? Every Friday, I have a slice of pizza. It's my bad day. So once you provoke small LDL particles, because the liver doesn't recognize it, it's not cleared from the blood for seven days or so
0: uh-huh
1: so what that one pizza slice a week is enough to increase cardiovascular risk 52 weeks a year so it's so it's that potent a force in causing cardiovascular disease
0: and what's the difference between the ldl in this nmr puppy and the and uh, ldl oh you said the ldl in the regular cholesterol panel is just made up a computer model
1: so, forgive me, this is gonna be a little te- tedious. That's why We, we, so, we uh,
0: like geeky. We love geeky.
1: So, in about 1960, yeah. Dr. William Friedewald yeah. and Dr. William Fredrickson at the National Institutes of Health in Bethesda, Maryland, wanted a way to quantify the f- particles in the various fractions of blood. When you spin blood down at high speed, it layers out. Mm-hmm. High density falls to the bottom, low density, very low density. Just any when you spin a liquid, that's what happens. Well, they wanted to know how to quantify the number of particles. Well, in 1960, this was not easy. It was very laborious, very complicated. So they wanted to know especially what, how many particles were in the low-density lipoprotein fraction, right there in the middle. Right. Well, they said, well, let's choose something and use that as an indirect way. They could have chosen apoprotein B. They could have chosen apoprotein c2 they could have chosen triglycerides but they chose cholesterol so they measured cholesterol in the low density fraction the very low density fraction and the high density fraction said okay all right let's make it easier this is a crude approximation of particle counts in each layer let's let's measure only the very low density and the high density and we'll calculate from that what's in the low density oh. now, increasingly difficult and tenuous. But they said, this to work, we had to make up this equation. It's called the Friedewald calculation. And let's assume everybody eats the same. Nobody's a diabetic. Everybody has a low triglyceride level. Everybody does. Nobody has insulin resistance. In other words, ridiculous. This is 1960 for God, 60 years ago. And that 60-year-old technology Persist to this day wow. the approximation using cholesterol measurement in the low density lipoprotein fraction calculated from the cholesterol content of the very low density and the high density fraction i know it's kind of a tortured calculation no it's but it's ridiculous interesting.
0: interesting yeah and then uh oh man and then you start calculating in cool stuff like we talk about stress you know, positive thinking and, you know, knowing that you're going to heal and all of this stuff, there's no telling what these numbers mean, right? I mean, you know they're affected. They got to be. I know they are. Sure. Yeah. 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 You can
1: see, for instance, you know, HDL is a great index of lifestyle. As much as I bash cholesterol testing, there is actually some good information in the numbers of when it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Neglects, which is HDL and triglycerides. HDL is a really cool index of lifestyle. It's not. It's not specific t- to a lifestyle. But if you had went through a great stress, divorce, uh, flu, COVID nineteen, um, cancer, anything, any kind of overwhelming stress, HDL can drop, say, from fifty to twenty two or twenty seven. So it does, it is reflected in these values as well as insulin resistance. Stress is a great provocative agent for insulin resistance. So you're you you're right, stress. And you know what, Patrick, stress is one of the toughest things to deal with. Yeah. I'd love to say yeah. you know to your listeners, well, it, just get rid of the stress. Well, it doesn't work that way, right?
0: Well, you could you could, you know, marry a girl banker and move to Belize. You know, what can I tell you? <laughs> I
1: wish I thought of that. <laughs> I wish you thought of that
0: one. Well, you're really great fun to talk to. This has been uh, terrific. I had no idea. Sorry, I didn't know you're a cardiologist. I didn't see it in the bio. I just, uh, you know, I just didn't see it.
1: Well, I didn't show up in the uniform.
0: Yeah, you sh- Yeah, with your stethoscope and, and the whole thing. <clears throat> so when are we going to be able to ditch these, uh, these statins? I mean, what's, what's it going to take, you know? You know i think
1: it's it's part of a bigger problem that is the dominance the control of so many things by money yes yeah, and the pharmaceutical industry you know what years ago i used to be on dr oz i was on there four times i was on morning news really? i was on Ooh. all those things until i wrote a book called undoctored yeah which showed people how to take control of their health because the doctors aren't doing it and I promptly got blacklisted by all major media. Uh, uh, now not just me, it's a lot of us who have anything to say about health and the problems in healthcare of which by the way Patrick there are huge problems in this disastrous industry called healthcare but we're not allowed to talk to about it because big pharma spends 6 billion dollars a year running direct consumer drug ads. And so now yep. there's no more interviews yes. of book authors on health topics. There's no more in depth reporting or exposes on the deep systemic problems in modern healthcare. But there's plenty of glowing, happy people in direct consumer drug advertising.
0: Yeah. And then of course if you talk about this on Twitter or YouTube or Faceplant, I mean, then they you know, they just they ditch you. You know what I'm saying? They just say, You can't yep. you can't do that, man. You can't it's money.
1: That. It's all about money. That's why, by the way, Patrick, what you're doing is so crucial.
0: Well, we do that, that's that. why
1: I support what you do. Because if we can't get the message out. From the bullshit that comes from my colleagues and the big, <laughs> big pharma. How else do we get a message out right. when people are uh, helplessly diabetic? And the doctor says, uh, once you're diabetic, you can't become undiabetic? That's ridiculous. Of, of course you can. know, yeah. uh, doc, I need to lose weight. How to lose weight? Well, cut the calories. <laughs> no, cutting calories is a fool's errand. It causes gallstones. It makes you miserable. And it causes you to regain weight over long term. So if people need to hear the truth. It's got to come through something like your your show.
0: Yeah, well, we, we try. So, okay, so I'm Italian. This whole pasta thing, this is going to be a tough one. but <laughs> Okay, but I'm going to do it because I've already had two listeners say, let us know when you do this NMR thing. I, I guess I could go to a, a on the request to test and do this, right? I'm going to do it for fun. Yeah. Let's see what it is.
1: There's a bunch of direct consumer, yeah. Uh, life Extension yeah. is another one. They offer sales. Uh, you'll have to go to a bl- blood draw lab. It is a blood draw, unfortunately. Sure.
0: Yeah.
1: And while you're yeah. at it, it wouldn't hurt to check your 25 hydroxy vitamin D, see your vitamin D status. It wouldn't hurt to check your thyroid status. Yeah, I do
0: that. That's, you can do that online. A, yeah, I'm below. Oh yeah. Sure. My TSH is below 0.5, which Dr. Ray Pete, one of our monthly guests, says that's where it needs to be. Do you believe he wants it that low? Are you are you uh, in resonant with that? The TSH 0.5. I I think that's On the path to truth, I'd
1: rather say, let's look at an entire picture of thyroid. We look at TSH, we look at other measures like free T3 and free T4 and reverse T3 and thyroid antibodies and some other measures. Because thyroid assessment is really a flawed science. The last person I want to ask about thyroid status is an endocrinologist. They're about thirty years behind the times, <laughs> and, and in the in the in the in the in the pocketbook of big pharma also. Right. So mm-hmm. we've got to think for ourselves. But thyroid is important; that's usually worth assessing. Yeah. Um, and, of course, blood sugar measures like fasting glucose and a hemoglobin A1C. That that little snapshot gives you a tremendous insight into your metabolic status and, and cardiovascular risk. Fast, fast and no blood sugar, fasting blood sugar.
0: Fasting blood sugar, what you can do with a little stick and you can get that at the pharmacy, you want to be about 85 or so is good, right? Below 90. Below 90. 70 to 90. That's good. And A1C, where do you like that, puppy?
1: 5.0% or less.
0: Five. That's 5. where
1: all excess risk dissolves
0: ia one 5.0 or less Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty cool well we, we've covered a lot of territory here uh, with your new sure book has. Supercut has really been fun and uh, I wish we could put this on YouTube, a lot of people are but they won't let me but anyway so get get, doctors, uh, uh, get William Davis's book, let me give you another look at it we've been giving you a few shots uh, during the show, it's called Supercut and how many books is this for you doc? So around ten or eleven, I think, Patrick. Wow, up there in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yes, (laughs) center of the universe. (laughs) Oh, you cheeseheads! So, with all this, do you eat Do you do dairy, butter, cheese? Yeah, you know, we do the yogurt. Uh Uh,
1: Dairy has its issues, no question. The prolonged fermentation does minimize, doesn't eliminate, but minimizes the issues. The lactose is converted to lactic acid. The acidic pH we generate with that lactic acid breaks down the casein protein. So a lot of people who weren't dairy intolerant can eat this uh, yogurt with extended fermentation.
0: Right. But you've had good experience with this company for the uh, Rotaria or it's the Bio Gaia, and it's called Gastro's.
1: Yeah, let me tell you a dirty little secret. Okay. So I, I, I know that the biogygastris strains yeah. of lactobacillus rotarite have these effects. Yeah. My personal experience with seven other strains is I think this is all the rotary so far I've tested do this. We have an animal trial scheduled so we can compare different rotarite strains to see if there's one better at it than another. But right now, you want to be confident of the effect if just get the BioGaia tablet, so you know you have the, the strains that have these um, appetite suppressing, deeper sleep, smoother skin, cool. Man, dermal cool. collagen. That'll effects. get you
0: started, right? And you're going to make some yogurt with that. That's the deal, right? And your mm-hmm. book will show us how to do that. And then, how many other strains are we talking about before we let you go? How many other strains are we talking about that um, uh, we're going to want to play around with once we understand them? Are there, you said about seven to so ten.
1: You, yeah, you, something like that. It's, so it's like that menu I told you about. Uh-huh. I don't want people to get overwhelmed. Say, I can't make, you know, 15 different, you of course not. You can, you can co-ferment some of them like the SIBO yogurt. We co-ferment three different species and strains. Mm-hmm. Uh, you pick and choose for the effect you want. So if you have a, if you're a pregnant woman, pregnant mom, and you're in your last trimester, I would say, think about cultivating bifidobacterium infantis. Hmm. A specific strain of that make yogurt it pop oddly patrick woman consumes this as a yogurt but it populates her vagina the birth canal and the breast oh she delivers her baby she gives infantis to the baby and oh, all that and good stuff. It.
0: yeah
1: and the baby is more likely to sleep through the night take longer naps cuts bowel movements in half and they're more formed so fewer bowel fewer diaper changes from mom and dad and as an older child less asthma less type 1 diabetes less autoimmune diseases and a higher iq wow
0: isn't it cool and so the and now as you know the ladies are uh, the doctor wants to play golf on the 28th so uh you know let's do the the c-section on the 29th right you know it's like these people i don't you know it's out of control what they're doing these doctors you Oh.
1: Yep. A third of all deliveries now are C sections. Is that deliveries.
0: right? And they miss yeah. all the they miss all the good stuff coming out of the vagina, huh? Right?
1: Exactly. And even worse, a lot of ladies are being told that formula feeding is good for their baby. This oh, is good. ridiculous.
0: Oh, good. That that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Don't <laughs> get me started. And you know, and then gals get oxy- coat co- co- What is it, oxy? T- what is that word oxytocin oxytocin when they breastfeed too right
1: yes yes and you know i think my suspicion is if a woman gets roteri and thereby higher levels of oxytocin she may have an easier time of it also because expressing breast milk is facilitated by higher levels of oxytocin and the moms who have a hard time with breastfeeding often fail. Uh, Inadequate breast milk production is the number one cause for failed breastfeeding. Well, those ladies who fail at it have lower oxytocin levels. So now we have a wonderful natural way to boost oxytocin. And you're also happier. Yeah. With smoother Uh, skin.
0: Yeah. With smoother skin. Uh, Do we, do you do a private practice up in Milwaukee or do you just do now this kind of work? Just uh, research and, and, and outreach.
1: Yeah, we have something called, it was called the Undoctored Inner Circle. Mm. We now change it to Dr. Davis Infinite Health Inner Circle, right. so we don't piss off the <laughs> media so much anymore. <laughs> so so <laughs> Dr. Davis Infinite Health Inner Circle, right, right, that's right, where right. we do this. We have these kinds of things. We have two-way conversations. So typically every Wednesday night we have about a two-hour conversation, talk about rotary and, oh, and cool, fantasy. Yeah. Well, so it's kind of like a practice, but it's more this way.
0: Well, I'm going to order you a book after the show. We're going to come back and t- talk to our people. But thanks for coming on. You're really fun. And uh, you can come back anytime, brother. Anytime you want to come back, you just let me know.
1: Thank you, Patrick. I'd be happy to. And you keep up your great work, too. Well, we're do doing we the can. World a lot of good.
0: Thanks for being here. We appreciate it. Thank Take you, care. sir. Dr. Uh, William Davis, Patrick Timponi, OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, he's a. Wow, man, I tell you what, good stuff. Really great stuff. I hope you, I'm going to get this book and I'll do it. I'll do that little test for you because people want to know. And I do my OJ, and my little, you know, pasta. And so we'll we'll see what it is. And we'll see you soon, Doc. Thank you. And we'll, we'll, you know, we'll just, um, I'll let you know when it comes out. Um, What is it? I'm starting to cough. Excuse me. need some more water. I got to have it all written down. i I never heard of that, right? LDL on NMR lipoprotein thing. You know me. I'm not into testing because they're going to find anything. But this kind of stuff is kind of fun. Just to see if these people like him, like he, know what they're talking about. What can I tell you? All right. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to play around and have some fun. I've got some uh, cool things on my list to talk about. Let me go to, uh, um, well, too much information, but uh, stay right there. <laughs> stay right there, and uh, we'll be right back and and, uh, and speak, talk with you for a second if I can get my mouse to do something. Holy cow, do it, do something. He um, was cool, huh? You gonna get the book? Are you gonna get the book? I think you should. Okay, so I love you all very much. If, you, oh, you know, if you're watching on BitChute, please uh, subscribe to our channel. Click the little bell and you get notified every time that uh, we put a new show up. All of our videos on BitChute. Uh, the link is on the top uh, of One Radio Network. Also, we we're on Telegram. Uh, the link to that uh, social media thing where they don't censor us is right on the top of One Radio Network. And... Um, um, yeah, a couple questions on the, my testosterone test. How'd you get there? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you, you know, get, get yourself some pine pollen, some elk velvet antler. They have a site-wide sale right now, today, January 4th. Uh, use promo code EMPOWER. EMPOWER. Get pine pollen gold and elk velvet antler. Start taking that every day and that'll get your T-levels up so you can uh, have some Grandchildren or something like that. Okay, may the blessings be. See you in a minute. We'll be we'll be we'll be right back. See, see hold on hold on a second, we'll be right back. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas.